Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gardner, and today we have episode 67, and we are back. It's been, it feels like it's been a while since we've done a podcast. I think it's been maybe a week, a week or so, a little over a week, so... Uh, it hasn't been too long, but it feels a little longer. So, of course, today is Saturday. So, what we're going to do heading forward is we're going to upload our normal episodes on Saturdays now. And with myself doing the Formula One breakdowns during the week, we'll release those uh, most of the time early in the week, Monday, Tuesday. And then we will have our, our normal episodes on Saturday now. No longer will we be releasing episodes on Thursday, just so all you guys know. So, who am I joined by today? Well... It's been a while since I feel like it's been a while since I've had a guest on this show, but I am joined by my co-host Charlie Grace today. Charlie, how are you doing? Doing just absolutely splendid right now, Will. Absolutely splendid. You're just chilling. I'm currently, you know, just chilling in the hammock, having a good time. Oh, you're in a hammock. Mm. That was a lie, but oh. you know, you got to make your life a little more interesting sometimes. Yeah, you, you gotta over exaggerate a little bit sometimes, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, there's a lot going on in the sports world right now. You have NBA Not playoffs. Really. I mean, you, you have two of the four major sports in the playoffs: NHL. Oh, and NBA. oh, oh! I thought. Never mind. What do you mean? What were what, what you thinking, Charlie? Never mind. Okay, and never you mind. have uh, you have baseball season is in full swing, so. There, it, it, it is a little bit of a slow season. Like, NFL, nothing really is going on. You know, we just the draft and training camps are about, you know, summer camps are about to start. And, you know, basketball and NHL are winding down. And college football, college basketball are, uh, nothing's really happening right now either. So, it's a little bit slow in the summer. Also gets a little bit slow in terms of what's going on in sports. But today... We are going to do news, and then we will maybe check in a little bit on the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs as well, um, maybe give some takes there. And then we will be looking at five teams, five NFL teams, who heading into the summer do not have a definite QB1. We're going to be looking at some quarterback battles and give our thoughts on that. So without further ado, let's jump into our first segment of the day. Stephen Curry breaks the three-point NBA record. Dolphins uh, fire Brian Flores. Georgia wins the national championship. Breaking news. The news for the week of May 21st. Nikola Jokic won NBA MVP. He goes back-to-back the Serbian. He was fantastic this year. Unfortunately, though, the Nuggets were not so fantastic, but Nonetheless, uh, Jokic was a uh, played absolutely phenomenal this year and absolutely deserves that MVP award. A lot of people, including Joel Embiid, were uh, um, not too happy that he did not get it. I don't, I don't well, know what you think, Charlie. But... All right, my my take on the award, it's I think it's the dumbest award in all of sports. It really doesn't mean <sighs> shit, in my opinion, because you know at one point we were talking about record mattering for the MVP voting and Jokic succeed Nuggets somehow one I mean yeah he carried them a lot of the season not having much help but like again um and then it's just one year you know uh, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double so it's like oh we have to give him the MVP now even though his team sucked the next year he did the same thing wasn't even in the race mm. and then um 
it's just things like that. And I mean, so many times, LeBron, I mean, it's just like if it's really the most valuable player, LeBron should have like at least eight. And if it's really most valuable player, I think Giannis should have won it this year. And so I don't think the award means a lot. It's more just a media narratives. I mean, mm. Giannis went back to back, and now Jokic went back to back. It's like, I don't know. So you you think it's a media narrative? Do you think it's the NBA kind of script writing a little bit here, going with Not Jokic? Script writing, going but with... it's like the NBA media. I mean, at the end of the day, the NBA media votes, right? Mm. And it's very opinionated. It's not like there's any structure to it. There's no, like, it should be Yeah, one, there's no criteria. There's, there's no, no, like, one record, two, like, stats, yeah, three, like, help. Like, there should be some sort of basis so we know what people are voting on. And, I mean, yeah, the fan voting sucks, but there's got to be a way to either include player voting, fan voting, where it's not just media members, you know, picking, like, oh, like, it just felt, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it may, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in other sports, like the the MLB, not not necessarily the MLB, but in the NFL, particularly, it's harder for a player with a bad record to win MVP. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just feel, I feel like the NFL does a better job of that than the NBA does, Charlie. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But um, yeah, it, it is what it is. But I, nonetheless, Jokic played fantastic this year. Uh, moving on, the Giants released their star cornerback, James Bradbury. The Islanders, a little hockey here, fired their manager, Barry Trotz. Monty Williams, for the second year in a row, wins coach of the year. So we had two guys going back-to-back. Charlie, any, any thoughts on that one, or was, was this well-deserved? I mean, no, I think that, that was fair. I mean, best regular season record. His team looked like, I mean, destined to win. Mm-hmm. I really believed in them. It just, you know, got cocky and... Not, um, yeah, it was, it was sad to watch. Sure. I, yeah, I, I put a lot of faith into the Suns, but uh, Luca, Luca, Luca just slayed them, slayed them in that series. Uh, the Dolphins signed running back Sonny Michelle. Tom Brady signed a massive contract to go join Fox Sports. I, I believe he's going to be making thirty-one million a year to be Fox Sports' leading anal- analyst when he retires. Fox Sports, they, they lost Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. They both moved to ESPN. So their replacement is Tom Brady when he retires. So hey, Tom Brady, even when he gets out of the NFL, he, he's still getting the bag from Fox Sports. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. I mean, some former quarterbacks can make the transition and be good broadcasters. Uh, Troy Aikman is a very solid broadcaster. Tony Romo, I think, is actually the best example. Tony Romo is one of the best sports broadcasters out there but some quarterbacks struggle like drew Brees was with nbc last year he wasn't very good and he actually got let go from nbc and he will not return this year so it could be a flop or it could or tom brady with all his knowledge could turn out to be just a fantastic sports broadcaster so we'll have to wait and see the montreal canadians win the nhl draft lottery the padres sign old-timer robinson cano the saints they sign LSU product Jarvis Landry. Landry will now play with another LSU alum, Tyron Matthew. And New Orleans Saints are looking very, very dangerous. They definitely reloaded this offseason. A lot of people thought with their cap space issues, they might not be able to produce a competitive team next year. But there's no doubt the Saints are in the running for the NFC South this year. The Dolphins sign edge rusher Melvin Ingram. The Packers extend 
their star corner, Jair Alexander. The Orlando Magic win the NBA draft lottery, and the Detroit Pistons will pick fifth. Charlie, any any thoughts here? Are we are we disappointed that the Pistons did not get a lottery pick here? I mean, it's very disappointing. I mean, yes, we got number one pick last year. And, you know, you got to be grateful of that because I don't think any of the rebuilding we've been doing could happen without Cade. But, I mean, truly, it was really just getting a top three. I don't care if it was third. Just getting either one of those forwards. I'm really hoping we could somehow trade up to two to the Thunder. And um, because the Thunder are willing to give away a ton of picks, you know, they been they just want to stack up picks until they, yeah. they you know somehow have something to build around. So I mean I feel like that's the best shot there. I mean I was just hoping just to at least to get top three. It's a little disappointing. Um, I don't know. I mean I like the guards, but I feel like I mean a, a nice power forward would have been really ideal. Like you know. Forward. Yeah, I I agree. the 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 bigs are the bigs and the forwards are definitely the strong suit of this draft class. But there, there's been a lot of controversy, a lot of differing ideas on who truly is the best prospect in this draft. Charlie, who who do you think the Magic should take at one? Truly, for me, for a while I thought it was Paolo, but mm-hmm. I see more Paolo as like a Hutchinson. Um, I honestly think he would have been great for Detroit. Some of yeah, yeah. him, but you know he's more like a grit, um, like tough big guy Lo- love to see him in the Pistons but I don't think his ceiling is as high as Jabari's I mean truly Chad has the biggest ceiling just because how much he can do and I-, and I know he's small but I mean th- only like he can, bulk up. Point, he can bulk up I've gotten to the point only like non-NBA draft just like regular people say Chad is too small Chad <laughs> wouldn't be this high if <laughs> like the people looking at him think he's gonna be this good and know stuff about him and like they're the ones that that's their job to do so I feel like we should just trust him they see that he can you know reach that potential and I feel like I mean they they know a ton of stuff we don't too you know and it's just yeah, like that's true probably, but those people make mistakes too I, I mean there's so there's been so many draft busts in history I mean it's not a clear mistake I mean like yeah yeah I agree it's not, yeah, it's not yeah but but like I feel like if that was what they were really worried about, like he wouldn't be that high on every single yeah, draft board. Yeah. And so that's why, I mean, truly, I think Jabari's going to be the best though. Um, I feel like Paolo definitely has the highest floor, but lowest ceiling, but I think Jabari could be, you know, in the next KD with great defense. Yeah. I like that. Actually. I, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure who my favorite is, but I, I do really like Jabari Smith. I loved watching him at Auburn this past season. The Eagles, I, I just mentioned mentioned James Bradbury. Well, the Eagles signed him from their NFC East rival, the Giants. And the Giants are actually, I believe, they're paying more money for their cap, their cap, um, what, def, no, not deficit, um, penalty, their cap penalty for releasing Bradbury than the Eagles are signing him for. I, be, I believe the Eagles signed him for $10 million and the Giants still have to pay $11 million for him, and he's not even playing for them. So that's that's a really tough break for the New York Giants there. One of the biggest controversies in college football right now, I mean, college college football, it's, it's the offseason, but things th- things are going on, and it's super crazy right now. You have the beef between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, and the Deion Sanders is getting involved. I mean, it's, it's just insane right now. Um, and you have the transfer portal, of course, is still going crazy. So a, a big move just happened. Jordan Addison 
five-star wide receiver. He was voted the best wide receiver in the nation last year. He's transferring from Pittsburgh to USC. He's going to go join Lincoln Riley in California, play with Caleb Williams. The, the final teams he narrowed it down to were USC, Texas, and Alabama. And Nick Saban could not pull through, and Texas also could not grab him. So USC looking very, very nice, very, very nice. They are poised to win the Pac-12 this year, so we'll see what happens and last but not least, the Orioles call up the number one prospect in baseball, Adley Rushman, the switch hitting catcher. So super duper excited to watch his debut in the upcoming days. So that has been our new segment. We're going to jump right into our, well, actually, Char- Charlie mentioned something he wanted to do before we started. Charlie, NBA playoffs are going on. You have the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the series is tied in the East and the Warriors lead 2-0 in the West. Like, I guess my question: What are your thoughts right now in the NBA playoffs? Do you who do you who do you like out of the East, and do you think the Mavs can come back against Golden State just like they did against Phoenix? Sadly, I don't think the Mavs can come back because the Warriors are a lot more experienced, and I think the whole Suns team, especially deep. I mean, even though the Suns team is decently experienced, I don't think they realized they had to you know stay locked in. I feel like Curry, Draymond, Clay. All those guys understand what it takes, and I feel like they've they've all been there before. And I see the Warriors coming out either in like four or five games, and then in the, the East is tough because it's just it's just been blowouts. A lot of the playoffs have been great close games, but the conference finals has just been a ton of blowouts. Yeah, and it hasn't been that fun. But I mean, last night was pretty fun watching the Warriors come back, but. I don't know. I, 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 I think I see the Celtics coming out of the East, though, if I had to mm. pick. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the Celtics come out of the East as well. Uh, I also agree. I think the Warriors are going to pummel them. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I believe, maybe I, I'd have to go check myself here, but I believe in the uh, NBA preseason predictions we did back in October, I believe it would be the month. I picked. The NBA Finals to be the the Celtics and the Warriors, I believe. So I, I could be right, which would All be right, fantastic. But I don't think I, you would pick that at the beginning of the playoffs, though. I, I didn't. No, I picked uh, the Celtics and the Suns at the beginning of the playoffs. Oh, you but, picked Celtics? Wow. Yeah, I did. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if my prediction. Uh, well, I, I truly thought it was going to be the winner of the Bucks Celtics series. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, the, the Heat are great, and like their defense is outstanding, but. I don't know. They just don't have. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Butler's a star, but like they don't have. Yeah, Jimmy Butler can be that go-to scorer, but they don't have just an elite, like group of offensive talent. Like I feel like the Celtics do, and they also have elite defensive talent. I feel right. Like, I mean, like Duncan Robinson is someone you need, to, and like Duncan Robinson has just been like not even playing at all, and he's getting like he's on that huge contract, and it's just like I feel like. The, the Heat, like, I, I'm just surprised that the Heat have been a one seed this year. Yeah, they have great defense. It just feels like – it just feels like an average team to me. Like, nothing mm-hmm. really stands out. I mean, yeah, yeah, they have Jimmy Butler, and he's he's great in the playoffs. But after him, it's like, who do you go to next? I mean, Oladipo, maybe. Tyler Hero has been great, but off the bench, I mean – they don't have a guy like, okay, the Celtics have Tatum, and then they can go to a guy like Jalen Brown, who you know is 
a fantastic player. So I feel like the Celtics just have – I feel like they're similar teams. They're similarly built. Yeah. Both have great defenses. And, you know, that really star player at the top, Tatum and Butler. But I, I, I like the Celtics a little bit more. But uh, flipping flipping playoffs here, NHL playoffs, Charlie – what, what do you know about the a little stick and puck here? Do you, do you know anything about the NHL playoffs right now, or or not really? Not currently, zero clue. But probably be the Lightning. Oh, oh, okay. He's coming out saying the Lightning. Um, I know a little bit. So you have it's these the conference semifinals right now. So you have uh, the Avs and the Blues. I think I think the Avs come out. I, I picked the Avalanche to win the entire thing a couple weeks ago. I'll stand by that. The Avalanche are, I think, just the best-built team in the NHL. And then you have the Battle of Alberta, also in the West, Edmonton, Oilers versus the Flames. And that that series is tied. I watched the game last night. I mean, both those teams, their goaltenders are playing horrendous right now. They, they can't stop anything. I mean, game one and game two were both extremely high-scoring matches. So it, it, it's going to come down to which offense has more firepower. I mean, the Flames have a fantastic offense. But then on the other side, the Oilers have arguably the best player in the NHL, Connor McDavid, who can absolutely change a game in the blink of an eye. So we'll see what happens there. I don't I don't have a prediction for that series, honestly. I, I cannot pick between Calgary or Edmonton. I, I think it's going to come down to a game seven. Um, and then in the East, you have, yeah, Tampa and Florida, the battle for Sunshine State. Charlie said Tampa, so I, I also think that Tampa would come out there. And and then you have the Hurricanes and, oh my goodness, who are the Hurricanes playing? No way, no way. I just Hurricanes and Rangers. Yeah, Hurricanes and Rangers, yes, thank you, Charlie. I believe that series is tied. I think that, I think the Rangers tied it. Um, no, Caroline won last night. Oh, so Caroline is up 2-0. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, Shesterkin has not been playing that great in the postseason. He struggled a little bit against um, Pittsburgh in round one and now struggling a little bit against Carolina. I, Carolina is a fantastic, fantastic squad, no doubt. So uh, I, I, I have to be honest, the NHL playoffs are inc- incredibly fun to watch. I mean, it's extremely exciting. The crowd, you know, the energy in the stadium is insane. And I, I, I don't think it's an understatement to say that hockey, playoff hockey is one of the most entertaining sports to watch, Charlie. I, I don't know if you agree with me there, but it, it's, I'd rather watch the Stanley Cup than watch the NBA playoffs, personally. No, I see where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's enough playoff. We're gonna jump right into our our main little chunk here. So, like I mentioned, it's a little bit of a downtime for the NFL, but there are still some major major things going on that are gonna play a huge impact on the season once we get to September. Summer is all about positional battles. You're battling against the guy next to you for that one spot, that one starting spot. So. Of course, position battles occur all over the field, but the ones that are most oftenly highlighted that we are going to highlight as well is, you could argue, the most important position on the football field, quarterback. So I've highlighted five quarterback battles heading into the summer that are going to be the most intriguing, the most up-for-grab spots at that position. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at them and give our pick for who we think will win the quarterback battle and start week one 
We'll start in the NFC South. We'll start. There's actually there's actually two teams in the NFC South that have a quarterback battle going on right now. The first being the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons. No more Matt Ryan. The Matty Ice era in Atlanta is over. He's now with Indianapolis. And they signed former Las Vegas Raiders backup quarterback Marcus Mariota. He started when he was a youngster in Tennessee. Now he's more of a veteran role. I mean, he's still young enough, but he has that experience now. And then in the draft, they went ahead and took in one of the later rounds uh, Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter. So now we have a quarterback battle. Ritter from Cincinnati was fantastic, led them to the college football playoff. But Mariota also led his Oregon squad to the college football playoff way back in the day. And in Las Vegas, showed flashes when he got playing time that he could hold down the starting job. So, Charlie, Ritter versus Mariota, who do you have coming out on top? I'm going to take Mariota just due to, I feel like he's the perfect, this is a great opportunity for him to get back to, you know, all the promise that he showed throughout college. And, you know, I think Ritter is a great pick, but I, I mean, I feel like, they're really trying to weigh their options, and I think Mariota will start. And I think he really might prove himself and might maintain the starting job for the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mariota in college was my, one of my favorite players to watch. He was just so electric in Oregon. And, of course, Oregon, you know, they always have that high-flying offense that's fun to watch, or they have had in the past. And Mariota was, you know, no exception to that. He's fantastic. I feel like in Tennessee he played well, and – but he just did not have a great opportunity in Tennessee. I mean, that team was never very good, and they really did not have any notable weapons on that squad that could really, really help him out. So now he heads to Atlanta. I mean, I'm not saying that the Falcons have great weapons either. I mean, Ridley is out, so you know he's going to be working with guys like you know Russell Gage. I mean, so it's still not the perfect situation, but I feel like with a more offensive-minded coach, Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith will be able to work a little bit magic with Marcus Mariota. And I, I'll, I will also take Mariota. I think he could have a very nice season. And potentially, I mean, if if the NFL had him, I mean, most improved player could definitely go to Mariota this year. We're going to take another stroll to another NFC South squad, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers were very not happy with Sam Darnold's performance last season. So they saw a quarterback sitting there waiting to be taken in the NFL draft. So they pulled the trigger and took Matt Corral from Ole Miss, the gunslinger, and he is extremely fun to watch. So now that sets up the quarterback battle, Corral versus Darnold. Charlie, what do we think? I actually think this one's going to go to Corral just because Mm -hmm. I feel like I mean, Darnold already kind of got his shot, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, maybe he'll bounce back at the beginning of the year, but I feel like he might just get bounced to another team pretty quickly. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe he'll find his groove somewhere. It just looks like ever since this is, like, rookie year in New York, he just hasn't really been, like, the same quarterback that he really was in college. He just throws scared, doesn't play confident really at all. Yeah, I, I think you said that beautifully. I think it's safe to say at this point that Sam Darnold is a bust, considering where he was drafted. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of people, I mean, you could say in New York, he, he didn't really have great weapons, which is true. And now he went to Carolina. He had McCaffrey and DJ Moore. 
he had the weapons he needed in Carolina, and he started the season solid, and then they, Carolina just totally fell off. They started 5-0, and and then they totally well, fell off. McCaffrey did get hurt, too. McCaffrey got hurt, but I mean, he still has DJ Moore, one of, the, I, one of the most underrated receivers in the entire NFL, and Darnold just played absolutely horrendous down the stretch, which prompted Carolina to took Matt Corral. And I, th- I think Darnold starts the season, but I don't think he holds that job past week eight. I think Corral will overtake him you know, week six, week seven. Uh, Corral coming off the injury against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, so I think that will slow him down a little bit. And then once he gets fully healthy, once he gets into the flow of the NFL, I, we always hear you know the NFL game pace and the flow and the, how complicated it is is way different than college. So I think once Matt Corral gets into that flow, he will take the job from Darnold. But I, I do have Darnold starting week one for Carolina. Probably, probably maybe the most intriguing quarterback battle we have here, the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers were very open to trading Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason, but nothing happened. He's still on the squad. So now we have Jimmy G, who led the 49ers to the Super Bowl back in 20, back in uh, 2020. So that, that is something to be noted. And now you also have Trey Lance, who they drafted last year at third overall. So you have a lottery pick, but you also have this guy who led you to the Super Bowl not too long ago. So this is a really difficult decision for San Francisco. Garoppolo versus Lance. Charlie, what do you think? Um, I think Trey Lance should be starting, but it's like the 49ers have been like scared to really put him out there. And I think without making any moves with Garoppolo. I feel like he's definitely going to get the start at the beginning of the season. I mean, we'll see where their record goes, but I feel like Lance should have gotten somewhat of an opportunity last year. I mean, they did put him in a little bit, but it's not like... I mean, I, I uh, Samuel was great for the Niners last year, but it's not like Jimmy G was anything crazy. So, I mean, I, I think Lance should be starting. At the beginning of the year, but I feel like they're they're gonna open up with Jimmy G, at least the first half of the season. Yeah, I th- I think Jimmy G. I I'll also take Jimmy G to start the season. And Lance did play a little bit last season. He started against Arizona, and in that game, he was not very impressive. So I, I was not very impressed by Trey Lance last season in the playtime that he did get. So I think that will also make San Francisco shy away from him a little bit. Uh, I, I think this will be a similar situation to Carolina. I think Jimmy G starts the season, but I think Trey Lance ends the season for San Francisco. I think Jimmy G, he is not going to win you Super Bowl. He's not going to win an MVP. He's not going to throw for over, you know, 4,000, probably, probably not over 4,000 yards, to be completely honest with you, but he will, he will finish 500 and he'll make, you know, some throws when you need him to, not all of them. So he, he's a very average quarterback. So for a talented roster like San Francisco, I think I think you would take the average dude over the unproven, you know, a question mark guy at, at this point in time. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. And my favorite quarterback battle of this offseason, Charlie, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they it, – it was a little bit shocking when they took – who they took in the NFL draft. I mean, they're sitting there at 18. No quarterback has been taken yet, and they pulled the trigger on a hometown guy, Kenny Pickett, 
who is being dubbed Ben Roethlisberger's replacement, the future of this Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. But they signed Mitch Trubisky this offseason. And to be quite honest with you, I'm I'm not writing off Mitchell Trubisky. I think he can still be a solid quarterback in the NFL. So now this sets up a titanic quarterback battle. Pickett versus Trubisky. Charlie, what do we think? Again, I feel like most of these veterans are going to start off beginning of the season. So I'm going to go Trubisky again. And I feel like he's given an, another opportunity. Last year, really not much backup, but... I feel like this could definitely be a perfect fit for him as he's, again, got the weapons around him, got a great defense. You know, I mean, really just the one position to fill, and it really determines if he is what he was, you know, through uh, what he was promised to be. I mean, it's not like he had a crazy good college, but he had a ton of potential, and he hasn't really – he did not prove that on Chicago at all. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean – Mitch Trubisky, I feel like he, he he didn't get the best, you know, like, help in Chicago. His offense was never that great. He played under Matt Nagy, one of the worst coaches in the NFL. It, it wasn't the greatest scenario for Mitch Trubisky. And I, I think he played somewhat decent considering the situation. And I think now he heads to Pittsburgh. They have a ton of weapons. I mean, Najee Harris, Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I mean, he has all the weapons he would want. I mean, the offensive line is going to be a problem. For Pittsburgh, so we'll see how that I, I, that would affect both quarterbacks here. But I also think Mr. Trubisky will win the quarterback job. And to be completely honest with you, I, I could see Trubisky playing the entire season as a starting quarterback. I, I have a lot of faith in Trubisky. Again, I think he's an average quarterback, just like Jimmy G. And I don't want to say he's a placeholder for Kenny Pickett until he's ready, but that kind of seems what he is. He's I guess you can compare him a little bit to Jared Goff on the Lions right now. I mean, the Lions don't have his replacement yet. We assume they will get his replacement the next draft, but a, a little bit like that, like just kind of like a placeholder. He'll get you some nice plays, and he could definitely get the Steelers into the playoffs, but he's not your future like dynasty quarterback. He's just, he's, he's just kind of a, a fill-in at this point. And this this final quarterback battle, it, it might be a little bit of a reach because I'm, I'm not sure if it will be a battle. As as much as the media is hyping it up, I, I don't know if it will be quite so much a battle um, considering this quarterback was taken in the third round and the other quarterback led them to be the one seed. This, this is the Tennessee Titans. It's Malik Willis versus Ryan Tannehill. So uh, it, uh, the media has stirred up a lot of beef between these two. I had Tannehill went out in the press conference and as a result of that press conference was my bum of the week a couple weeks ago. Um, I was I was not a fan of his comments, but Willis versus Tannehill. Charlie, what do we think? I mean, obviously it's Tannehill, but I mean, like the Titans aren't drafting Willis for him to start this year. They're drafting him because they realize, I mean, each year it's truly their offense, a.k.a. Derrick Henry's getting older. Yeah. And – before you know it, you're going to need to rely on another star or totally rebuild the offense. And so, you know, drafting Willis, if he can be that electric quarterback that totally revamps your offense and brings it, you know, like keeps it alive even after Henry leaves. So I think they're just, it's really more of a future pick and no question, Tannehill starts the whole year. Yeah. I, I, I think if you ask the Titans, 
in the AFC wildcard round, which they had a bye last year. And you asked them, you know, what are you thinking? What position are you thinking about in the NFL draft? They would not have said quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the divisional round, and Tannehill throws three interceptions and effectively loses you the game to Cincinnati Bengals. Now they're thinking quarterback. Tannehill, I, Tannehill has been the most mid-quarterback in the NFL for years. Ever since he came to Tennessee, he's not a special guy. And to be quite honest with you, they had a lot of weapons. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. I mean, he had all the weapons there to be an MVP candidate, but he, he it's just not there for him. He just does not have that ability. So now you bring a guy like Malik Willis, who if you – you know, bring him up right and teach him right. He does have MVP potential. He has that skill. He has that talent. I mean, the arm talent and the you know the running and the scrambling is off the charts. So maybe Tennessee takes a little bit of a gamble. Maybe they try and get some youth and some excitement into that offense and they start Malik Willis. But I, I think this is still Tannehill's job for the time being. Would I be surprised if they switch quarterbacks midseason? No, I, I would not be surprised. It's just... It's all about it's it's kind of a culture change almost in Tennessee. I mean, I compare it to when the Bears switched from Dalton to Fields. It, it was just a totally different feel for the team. I mean, Dalton, it's like okay, we're not going anywhere with this guy. Why is he starting? And then you get a young guy like Justin Fields on the field. He's a guy who can make big plays. It kind of changes your culture. It changes the excitement around the team. So I feel like that's what's going to happen with Tennessee once they make that switch. But for the time being, I I, I also have Tannehill starting the season for Tennessee. Any 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 QB battles we missed, Charlie? I, I I'm trying to think. I think that was all of them. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. Think, what about? I think we got um, no man. Were you, were you thinking a little bit of college there, Charlie? I was thinking Jared Goff, Mason Rudolph. Who? I'm kidding. All right. All right. Um. Well, Charlie. I actually have one more quick question for you here. It's, it's another QB battle that I just thought of. Okay. In the state mm-hmm. of Michigan. In the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Cade McNamara versus J.J. McCarthy. I know you're not a Michigan guy, but this I is know, but a, this is a I, big decision. I don't get how you don't pick Cade McNamara. I mean, he had a great season for you if you're a Michigan fan. I mean, yeah, you want the future, but it just feels like he's not like he was bad for you. He was good. But, but I don't think they're going anywhere with Cade. Like I, I don't know if Cade can. You know, I, I don't think Cade can take him to the next level. Like you know what I'm saying. I don't think, I don't think Cade could win a Heisman. But I think JJ McCarthy could, if he has a great season, could be in the running. Yeah, no, I do think JJ is more. I mean, could definitely be. JJ is exciting. Stud, Cade is Cade. I mean, we saw what happened with like. Against oh, Michigan State, I mean, JJ did not no, play we great. No, saw what happened with Shea Patterson. I mean, like, true. There was, there was so much hype, and people wanted to rush to him being the guy. That like, he, he wasn't up, the guy. He was really bad. Not being the guy, and they spent so much time on him. I feel like I mean, you really want to take as much time. You have that guy, develop him, make sure he's ready, and then you know if something happens to Cade, you know he's there, he's ready for the moment. Yeah, if I if I'm if I'm Michigan, I I think I've got to start JJ McCarthy. I mean, your roster, to be quite honest, is not going to be as good as it was last year. To be honest, I I don't think Michigan can beat Ohio State this year if they start Cade. They just they just don't have the talent on the defense that they had last year. They don't have the edge rushers. They don't have you know the the running back. I, 
Donovan Edwards could very well step up and be a fantastic running back alongside Corum. So uh, that is still there, but they lost some alignment pieces as well. I, I think you have to start JJ if you want any shot at winning the Big Ten. If you have any shot at beating Ohio State. I mean, they beat Ohio State last year because of their pass rush, not because of Cade. This year you don't have your pass rush, so you're gonna need you're gonna need some offensive firepower to go up against a guy like CJ Stroud. You need to start JJ. You need to have that playmaker on your offense. And if JJ struggles the first three weeks, then yeah, you can you can put Cade back in because you know he's just gonna be a, a steady hand for that offense. But if I'm Harbaugh, I, I I've got to start JJ McCarthy. I've got I have to. It's 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 a no, it's a mm-hmm. no brainer to me at least. I mean. It's it's tricky to say, but early season prediction, Charlie. Will Michigan State go will Mel Tucker go three and against Michigan? Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. I think, anyway. I think Michigan wins maybe next year or the year after that, but I think they're still riding on the high that they're just gonna keep underestimating them until I think one year they'll they'll get it and then they'll, they'll ease up. But I mean I, I they, don't know. They, but they really go in they really go into that game every year thinking they're gonna they're going to dominate, and they end up just being way too cocky and overconfident every year. This is true. Also, you, you talk about the years after. I mean, Mel Tucker is bringing in some fantastic recruiting classes, and uh, he's using the transfer portal very, very mm-hmm. well. Unlike Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is kind of yeah, nine scholarship program players. right now. Jeez, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Max Christie just left for the NBA draft officially. Like, it's terrible. About, like the roster next year is just going to be horrible. It's horrendous. The guard play will be good. Aikens and Tyson Walker can hold no, it down, but, but our bench, our bigs is her. Our bigs are horrendous. So we have no bigs. I mean, our starting big man is going to have to be Kohler. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's that's no good. So, so yeah, I mean. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I would not be surprised if Michigan beats us, you know, both times this year. To be quite honest, I I think there's a high probability that Imani might go to Michigan too. So it it, it might be a season to forget for Michigan State basketball. Unfortunately, the you know, the mm-hmm. 2022 2023 season. But who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. So this has been episode 67 of the Just Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you go follow us on Instagram at Just Sports Pod. We have uh, a lot, a lot of cool stuff on there, so make sure you go check that out. Make sure you're on the lookout. There is an F1 race tomorrow, so make sure you're on the lookout for our F1 breakdown, which will come out shortly after that. Make sure you go listen to all our other episodes; they're all fantastic. Go check out our mock draft. You know, we we hinted at it a little bit. Make sure you go check out our mock draft. That's a very good episode uh, that we just recently recorded. And um, yeah, make sure you're on the lookout. Um, Charlie, thank you for being on with me today. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Well. Anytime, anytime. It's always a pleasure. Thank you all for listening to the Just Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gardner, signing off.